Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome, welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, broadcasting live from lovely, sunny Austin, Texas. And of course, this is the nation's number one source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working in the real estate industry. And today, as we like to feature, we have a very special guest, longtime coaching client, Mark Shandro. So, Mark, without any further delay, welcome to the call. Mark? <laughs> Mark? We can't hear you. <laughs> so as Mark figures out his communications errors, uh, we will – oh, there he is. Hold on a second. Mark, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, sorry, I, I had unmuted the wrong caller. No problem. So, Mark, welcome uh, to the call. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. Glad to be here. A lot of the foibles of doing a live radio show are always challenging and stressful. So, Mark, tell <laughs> them a little bit about yourself, uh, where you sold real estate, what market you're in, how long you've been in real estate, all that good stuff. Sure. I appreciate that. Uh, well, Tim, you know, I've been selling real estate for about eight years. I have... I've uh, been selling here in Southern California, primarily Long Beach, California, which is just about 20, 30 minutes south of Los Angeles, right on the coast. And, you know, I have been, uh, you know, one of the, my biggest, you know, the, the biggest things that really changed my life in real estate and in business is really doing what we're doing here, getting involved in coaching, learning from others like yourself and, and Julie, and really... That's really taken my business to the next level. Well, I appreciate that. And, guys, one of the reasons I asked Mark to be featured today on our radio show was because he, he's done something that a lot of people talk about. Well, actually, he's done many things that a lot of people talk about. Uh-huh. You know, I'm thinking, Mark, is your recent trip to Monaco driving the Ferrari along the coast. I'm thinking about, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about the uh, fact that you've actually, and this is the one that I think will raise a lot of eyebrows, Mark's actually essentially – made himself into a multi-multi-millionaire, and in doing so, he's actually transitioned out of being in the real estate business. So what I wanted, and the reason I asked Mark to be on the radio show today is because I want you guys to realize that the skills a lot of you learn to be successful in real estate are directly applicable to other industries. So today we're going to be talking to, you know, we're going to be asking Mark, we're going to be digging deep into finding out really kind of what goes on in the mind of somebody who's able to achieve success so quickly and really achieve the success on, in multiple different industries. So, Mark, I, I'm setting the bar pretty high. Are you up for it? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. All right, good. So um, you've been in coaching for, remind me how long? I think it's been almost your whole career, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, I you know, I I was really lucky, you know, when I joined, you know, I when I decided to get into real estate, you know, real quickly, you know, the main thing that got, you know, I had come off about 8 years for another another business that I was involved in a nonprofit and working as the executive director for that. Then I took a few months sabbatical, and then, you know, I got my real estate license thinking that I would be a a a, a flip a buy and flipper, you know. My goal was to, you know, get your real estate license, go out there, find properties, rehab them, flip them, put them back on the market, you know, uh, make money and and live like that. You know, I quickly realized that 
that was not going to provide me the monthly cash flow that I needed to support my my new wife and my newborn baby, one-year-old baby. And I was lucky. I I went to uh, Keller Williams' office, and you know I interviewed a bunch of different offices. I ended up getting to a Keller Williams' office and really made a connection with the local broker there, who taught me everything he knew. You know, unfortunately, in, in three or six months. You know, it was it was a great experience. It got me on the ground working. And then th- at that point, you know, I realized that I needed someone to to coach with or to work with that really had a bigger understanding of real estate, not just you know what, you know the scripts and dialogues which are incredibly important, but really how do you grow your business, how do you set it up to be more automated, all of those things, and that's actually when we started working together, Tim. It was about seven and a half years ago now. It's kind of scary to think about, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> it is. You know, <laughs> Mark, so in the past almost 10 years that we've been together, there certainly have been some massive changes in the real estate industry. And, you know, you've one of the things you've done extremely well <clears throat> is you've ebbed and flowed with what the changes were. You didn't you didn't really consternate too long on, you know, the fact that the market changed back in 07. I mean, maybe there was a month or two where it kind of took you by surprise. But after that, you just seized the market opportunity that was in front of you. So in the last decade of being a top producer in California, uh, and now I know you, know you owned your own brokerage. That was the ultimate uh, form of your own real estate business, being your own broker, the Shandro Group. But tell the folks what, kinds of, uh, you know, what kind of you know, changes you faced in the decade long that you were almost in real estate, and, and how did you overcome those? You know, the, you know that, that's changes. a great yeah yeah, and and that's that's a great question. I think there's a a couple of things that really stand out in my mind. You know, and and, and it's funny as I can I can kind of remember back to you know when we started first first coaching Tim, and you know you were you teaching me and showing me the ropes on how to take expired listings, how to knock on for sale by owners, and really working you know, your sphere of influence, and, you know, I finally, it took a while, you know, six, 12 months to get that going, and that was starting to crank, and that was moving along great, and all of a sudden, the market changed, you know, and, you know, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't an overnight thing, it was a six, 12-month deal, but the great thing is, you know, you really put me in the forefront of starting to do short sales, you know, I remember I was probably one of the first agents in Long Beach in this last cycle to do a short sale. It was so crazy. No one was like, what's a short sale? You know, the escrow company had no idea about it. You know, the, this particular client, we were able to get Litton. I mean, this was back when Litton was around to give this client even relocation assistance. It was totally foreign. And, you know, I, I was able to get a jump on that. And that helped me deal with the transitions because I had a plan. I knew that there was something in place that I knew how to do that was different than other agents in my marketplace, and I was good at it. And then from there, you know, I slowly transitioned into doing short sales. And I remember one month, one of my best months in real estate was I listed 19 short sales in one month, you know. And that was me going on appointments, sitting down with sellers, telling them exactly what it needed to take to get their property sold and it really blossomed you know my business took off and we had you know we were doing 30 40 50 short sale transactions on a regular basis and then again and, it changed you know, again yeah well it changed again but in your marketplace you're talking about average commissions that were eight nine ten thousand dollars and so while everyone else was sort of licking their wounds trying to you know and by the way i remember actually mark because i the the turning point for the market was september of 07, because I actually remember being on a coaching call with you 
when you told me about your pending falling out because a lot of the subprime lenders in Southern California also, ironically, had gone out of business. So that yep. coaching call with you was a real was a real uh, you know proof that the market was significantly changing and it was going to go towards the direction of distressed real estate. And as a lot of you guys know, we were the first and the largest training company in the nation uh, to bring short sales. So many of you have learned to do short sales because you were involved in our short sale training at some point. Now, I'm going to really drill down on something Mark just said, and actually it's reinforcing something that Marty Rodriguez said, who we interviewed just the other day. She's the number one Century 21 agent in the world. And she said the key to long-term success is the Wayne Gretzky quote, right? All the other skaters uh, go to where the puck is, and I skate to where the puck is going to be. And so when you hear Mark say he was doing short sales back before anyone knew what the word meant, he's not kidding because the puck was, you know, he was where the puck was going to be, not where everyone else was. And what's happening now in the marketplace, guys, is we're at the beginning stages of a 7- to 10-year real estate boom. Some of you are experiencing that in earnest, and some of you are just getting started feeling that. But the reality of it is we're in another real estate cycle, and I'm here to tell you that is where the puck is going to be in an ever-improving, strengthening market. So get there. Get your mind around that idea. So, so Mark, like you were the transition. You transitioned to short sales, and then I know you became a really top REO agent in the nation, let alone California. Yeah, correct. You know, we started doing short sales, and, you know, like you said, you know, <laughs> it's funny. I can remember, you know, during that call, I can remember at that time period, I had several transactions that halfway through the transactions, the subprime lenders went out of business. You know, <laughs> they just disappeared, you know, they disappeared, and you couldn't get them online. It's because they lost all, you know, they lost all their funding, went to the short sale market, did really well, excelled at that. And then, you know, one of the next things we started doing was valuation, BPOs and broker price opinions, which just naturally rolled into the REO market. And then, then you know, it kind of – that exploded. You know, we were doing – selling 100 to 150 REOs a year where that dominated a majority of my business. And, you know, I mean, granted, it was great. You know, made a lot of money. Um, they, you know, we had all the skills and the systems in place. And again, that, that changed, you know, they, you know, so it went from the equity to the short sale market to, you know, listing REOs and now back to again, equity, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's always moving. And I think that's the biggest challenge that I've had in, in, in the business is just being, it, it, it's like, it, it seems like whenever you have it, feel, feel like you have it figured out and you're doing it. And it's it's like that's when you should change. <laughs> you should start figuring something else out because it's only right around the corner. Well, I mean, basically you're talking about complacency, right? Where you think you've got it all figured out, that's when you know you're being complacent. So, yes. okay, so now you're, let, let's shift gears. Let's pivot the conversation. You have um, shifted your focus, and now you have involved in yourself in a completely different, unrelated <laughs> industry – and so tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing now and give them an idea of how you've been able to um, use what you learned in your real estate business to apply to this incredibly lucrative business you're involved in now. And by the way, guys, this is not an MLM pitch. This is nothing like that. Mark is not going to – he's just telling you what he has specifically done. And what's interesting is how what he learned in real estate is literally – a lot of the things he can use to this business and for many other businesses that he's involving himself in now. So, Mark, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's um, you know it's been it's been a, it's been an amazing experience for me. I, I, I'm really 
uh, very lucky and honored to have this opportunity. You know, but essentially what happened was, you know, my one of my good friends in college, you know, suffered for many many years uh, with a drug addiction. You know, he was uh, a heavy heavy addict and and you know went through many treatment programs and eventually found himself out here in California five and a half years ago. And finally got sober and then approached me and was like, hey, Mark, you know, I'd like to start this business. You know, we'd like to provide alcohol and drug recovery services for people here in Southern California and asked me to help them. And, you know, I, you know, I had, he approached me because he knew my real estate business was successful and he wanted some help with the marketing. And how do you generate clients? How do you bring in clients? And, you know, it's, it's, it's odd is that, you know, I really, like Tim said, you know, I really took a lot of my marketing experience with, generating leads, converting leads, you know, uh, with with real estate just to this business, you know. And, and so we started pretty small. It was just him, myself, and another partner, and we grew it. Now, believe it or not, you know, four and a half years later, we have 260 clients. I'm mean, sorry, 260 employees. We have over 200 beds. We have 30 houses. We have you know, it's a really big company now, and really all it is is the exact same principles I learned when I was growing my real estate brokerage, bringing in the leads, converting the leads, and providing superior service. And it's it's the same thing in that business as it is in real estate. It's, 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 it's ironic how identical it is. In fact, I am putting together now email drip marketing campaigns for our recovery business that are based on exactly the unique selling propositions that I did for my real estate business. It's really wow, that's cool. it's, it's interesting how it just you know it, it it goes across, you know, you know, I guess it, you know what what I've learned in this is that you know when you really learn these business skills and you get good at running a business, you can you can apply those skills to almost any business. Well, so what are those disciplines, Mark? What are the if you could kind of like focus down on the five or six or three or four? What are the specific skills that any successful business owner or an entrepreneur has to master to be successful long term? All right, you know that's a good question. Um, you know, the first one I think is is knowing your numbers. You need to know your numbers. You know what what you know how many calls are you getting? What are those calls being converted? What's your average commission? You know, you need to know your numbers. You need to know how effective you are. If you don't have your numbers, it's impossible for you to get a gauge on how you how how healthy your business is doing. And one of the things that you taught me, Tim, and I use this till to today is what we call kind of a flash report. Every single one of the employees that reports to me, whether it's my real estate business or my recovery business, sends me a daily email with their numbers, right? How, what they did, what their productivity was. And, it's, I mean, I think that's the most critical thing is to watch the health of your company is you need to see these numbers, you need to understand them, you know? The second thing is adaptability and flexibility. You can't, you know, you can't, whenever you're getting complacent like we were talking about, you've got to really wonder, you know, you're being complacent. It's not because you got it mastered. It's because you're about to get run over. <laughs> you know, you need, to, you need to be constantly willing to adapt. With real estate, it was short sales. It was um, 
you know, going to REOs, doing property valuations, doing rentals, things like that. And here in the recovery world, it is adjusting with the insurance, adjusting from cash pay to insurance pay, understanding what in-network and out-of-network is, you know, and modifying our business to go with in the direction, like you said, you know, go to where the puck is going to be. And like in recovery, where we see the puck is going to be, it's going to be all in-network. It's going to be, you need to be, you know, CARF certified, these certifications, you know, so constantly moving in the direction of what the future is. And, you know, I think the most important thing, and this is the biggest thing, is you have to have a mentor or a coach. You have to. You know, it's 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 it's. I feel it's almost impossible to get to this level without working with somebody who's either been there, or knows how to get there, and can give you really and help you with the roadmap. You know, a lot of times I get lost in the forest. You know, and I need you, Tim, to kind of go, Mark. You know, you need to. Are you focusing on this? Why are you focusing on that? And really set your priorities. And it's every day you've got to. It's like you know you got every single day you've got to wake up and go. Okay, where's the bacon? You know, every single day you need to get up and go. Okay, where are my new clients coming from today? You can't sit down and expect that clients are going to come to you. You've got to start every single day like at ground zero, and you go out there. And if you do your lead generation, you do your your prospecting, you know, you, and you follow your numbers. You make sure your numbers are on track, you, you know, and you have someone that can help you there get there you're bound to be successful. Mark, if you don't mind, and you can pass on this question if you'd like, do you mind sharing with the listeners really how big of a business in just a very short time this um, recovery business has become? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, yeah, I mean, well, we have, I mean, I'll tell you, we have, um, you know, as, you know, we've gone from, you know, zero to 260 employees. You know, my, you know, our monthly expenses for this company are 2.2 million. You know, we generate last year, we, you know, did uh, about 25, 30 million dollars in revenue. You know, this year we should double it between 50 and 60 million in revenue. And so you're talking about a business that realistically has a market valuation if you were to sell it or if you were to seek out investors and sell a portion of it. What, I mean, what's the multiple on something like that? Three times, five times? How does that work? Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it could be. It depends. It could be between three and five. You know, so you know, last year, you know, we had what's called EBITDA earnings, earnings before interest, taxes, and appreciation between six and seven million. You know, so let's say at let's say on a low side at let's say three million. I mean, three times. EBITDA, you know, you're looking at 18 million to you know 30, 40, 50 million. I mean, depending upon you know what what kind of partners are and how they're valuing it. But it's 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 up there, you know. It's it's um, it's 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 nice. I am not complaining. You know, I and you're I a just third, and you're a third owner of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to give you an so idea, you know, my, my I had just one last. You know, my taxes for last year were just shy of seven figures. Oh. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Did they send but, you a nice Christmas card? Did the IRS send you a nice Christmas card? Maybe a gift uh, basket? They should. <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> so, Mark, you're becoming what I'm sure everyone would agree is rich. I mean, you know, you have really crossed the threshold, and you're at the point where your money is really starting work for you, and you no longer have to work for your money, which, guys, is the really bottom line definition of what being financially rich is all about. So did reaching this level, I'm curious, take longer than you would have expected looking back seven or eight years or shorter? And what would be some of the suggestions you'd make to other people that want to follow in your footsteps? Um, you know, you know that, that's a great question. And, and did it take longer? Um, 
you know, I think that it took longer to get, you know, kind of like the first million. But after that, it was like a ramp, you know. Um, and that's what I, I, you know, honestly, I think I've surpassed the amount of wealth that I thought I was going to earn in my lifetime now, you know, I mean, of course, I'm only, I'm only 42, and, you know, I'm I'm not even finished, Um, so I, I, you know, it really starts escalating quickly, you know, there's, it took a long time to develop the base, you know, but once I had the base figured out, it kind of fell into place. And, and, and I won't say, you know, I had a great lifestyle when I was a real estate broker as the only business. And it was great, you know. We would go to Europe every year or somewhere to travel. You know, we had flexible schedule. You know, my family and I, you know, we, we had a great lifestyle. Now we have an exceptional lifestyle, you know. So it's always been, it's always been good. I, I think the biggest thing that I see agents and other, other people struggling with is they don't seem to have a plan and they don't have any daily accountability. You know, they don't they don't know what to do on a daily basis to move themselves forward. Well, so you said three things there that I'd like to ask you further questions about. You said base and you said earning your first million was the hardest and that's of course something that everyone's heard before, right? Your first million's the hardest. And then you said base and then accountability. So tie all those thoughts together. Your first million was hard, the hardest to earn because of why? Because of learning the habits necessary to be successful. Consistently, right? Consistently, yes. You know, um, so what would those doing... habits be, Mark? Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, no, it's fine. You know, I, I, you know, I think in real estate those habits are prospecting daily you know i read a uh, you know one of the quotes that really got me going and motivated in real estate and i was focused on was you know if you spend the majority of your time every single day looking for business you will be successful guaranteed and you know that's the biggest thing you know focusing on generating new business every single day consistently and that's that's the habit, you know. How do you how do you build that into your lifestyle? How do you build that into your work schedule? You know, making sure. And I still do that, believe it or not. Even in this business, in the recovery business, where I have you know twenty, thirty people reporting to me, you know, I still spend a good part of my day. Where are we getting a new business? What's the new business relationship looking like? You know, all of that. You know, constantly still going back to the basics and the fundamentals of prospecting and lead generation, really. Mark, what were the biggest misconceptions that you had, past tense, about people like you've become, present tense, before, looking back, if you can, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Looking back, if you're looking forward at the current Mark, you know, the guy with the multi-million dollar net worth, the guy that's been able to, you know, transition seemingly seamlessly from one industry to the other, what were the misconceptions, the biggest misconceptions that you would have had about someone like you or maybe you perceive people have about you? Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about this, you know, Tim, you know, I think a big part is, you know, I, I thought that people with a lot of money were evil in a lot of ways, you know, um, you know, I think growing up in the environment that I did, I had a lot to do with that in kind of the college and education. I think that, you know, having a lot of wealth equated, uh, to, you know, something that was wrong and, and it took me a while to kind of get through that and realize that, and 
when you have the opportunity, the wealth, you have uh, incredible opportunities, you know. And you, you, it, it's, I mean, just just from the basics of donating money to charity, you know. I mean, the amount of money that I can I donate to charity now, you know, surpasses, you know, back when I was twenty, my annual income, you know. So, I think that's that's really the biggest thing, and really adjusting to how um, how fluid money is, you know, it, it flows crazily you know it's it's not something that's stagnant you know it's always moving and if you get in the right place at the right time and you're working hard and you're focused it's it's not that hard to accumulate i i feel that i feel now that i operate from a position of abundance as opposed to being from a position of scarcity does that make sense so yeah it does and mark what i heard you say is basically the people that have wealth, the people that have the lifestyle that a lot of people admire, the people that, you know, like you did, travel to Monaco and drive Ferraris mm-hmm. around and, you know, all the rest of it, people that are experiencing those things are doing so because they have figured out how to be of service to enough people at a high level. In other words, people are willing to pay a price and enough people are willing to pay a price to do business with Mark at some level that it's made him wealthy. So if you find yourself in a life that does not provide you with the abundance that you desire and you also heard mark say that he had to sort of psychologically work around the fact that he had been sort of trained to loathe rich people it's kind of a a burden a lot of us carry and if you just essentially acknowledge the fact that people are generally wealthy 99 percent of the people out there are wealthy are self-made they didn't inherit their money that's kind of a myth and they're self-made, and they are successful, they are wealthy, because of the fact that they've been able to figure out how to service enough people at a high enough level. Guys, just embrace that concept, and it makes things so easy, because it allows you to sort of release sort of the, I don't know what you want to call it, Mark was implying it was sort of a a, a learned uh, psychological mooring line to actually accumulation, actually wealth building, because you would, and I used to think this too, you know, rich people are somehow evil. After all, that was what you were trained. But the reality of it is rich people are some of the most generous people in the world because they can afford to be, and they're rich in the first place because they are producing some product that is being of enough service to enough people that they're willing to pay a lot of money for it in great quantities so that they can produce a great profit and make themselves wealthy. Guys, that is the formula, and there's nothing evil about being of service to other people. That is the core function that all of us have on this earth. You know, so Mark, that had to be liberating for you. Because let's be honest, you are somebody who I think would be classified as a fairly liberal-thinking fellow. Agreed? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, 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 you hit it right on the head. I mean, absolutely. You know, and I always am thinking back. You know, in my head is, you know, the more people you help, the more successful you're going to be. I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. And, and you're right. You know, most wealthy people made it. You know, in this country, most wealthy people made it on their own. It wasn't given to them. There's a small percentage, and that's. And that's exciting, you know. I think, you know. I mean, it, and it's 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 not that hard to obtain. Mark, without getting into any details, you were having. You, we had our coaching call earlier today, and you were telling me that you went to a baseball game with a guy who is essentially in the very. You know, he's not been in this biz, this particular business that he's in for very long. It didn't you say he was about his his business is making three hundred thousand a day? Yep, a day. Yep, a yeah. day. <laughs> it's, it's it's yeah it's it's um yeah I mean it's it's, it's you know what else I I think is one thing that I've learned that's been invaluable is you know and we talk a lot about it like this you know once you have it and make it you have this like mindset that you'll never go backwards it's it's this weird feeling you know like like I remember 
you know, this is a weird, weird story, you know. I There was this girl when I was in college who came from a relatively wealthy family. And, you know, she showed me one of her ATM slips, you know. And she had like $15,000 in her bank. And at that time, I was like, oh, my God, you're 22 and you have 15. How, how is that? You know, I had like 600, right, or I'm bouncing up against a $20 daily mat, you know. <laughs> you know, and... And now, you know, I look at my bank account, and it's a lot bigger than that, and it just seems natural almost. You know, it's like, it's weird. You, it's, you know, you break through these certain barriers, and all of a sudden your mindset is like, no problem, of course, why not, you know? And, you know, now I can definitely see myself having $500 million in the bank and not having a problem with it and it being normal and not going back to $20,000 $20 in the bank. Isn't it interesting, Mark, that it's the uh, the mindset ultimately is the greatest barrier to entry, essentially, yes. of wealth accumulation. It's not the actual product that you have to produce. So the product no. you have to produce is relatively easy because it's easy to find ways to make money. Making money is simple. It's basically yes. moving the stuff around in your head that will allow you to really – be successful. That's that's what's kind of fascinating from a coaching perspective. That kind of relates to what you just said, I think. Yeah, it's 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 all of those preconceived ideas in your head are what holds you back. So, Mark, at your level, I'm curious, what's next for you? You mentioned 500 million in the bank, but you know, what's next for you? What are you really focusing on? What are you looking forward to? So, if we do another interview in another 24 months, tell me about what we'll be talking about then. Um, you know, you know my next my next uh, venture, which is you know where I'm focused on now, is you know I'm building this company to a point where you know I'll have a 500 million dollar valuation or a billion, you know, a hundred million, you know, 500 to 700 million dollar valuation, and and continuing to go and develop other businesses and accumulate. I, I am now more interested in buying other operating businesses with high profit margins like than before buying lots of other real estate. You know, before I was very focused on buying, which I still am buying, uh, rental properties, investment properties, things like that. Now I'm excited about buying and starting other businesses that that can replicate what we're doing and growing them and 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 you know helping more people. It's all about. You know, back to that, it's all it's all about helping more people. So, you know, if we're if we're helping, you know, last year we helped 330 people, you know, in this business. This year our goal is 700 to 800. You know, I like to help, you know, a couple thousand a year, and and that's the goal is continuing to help not only our clients but also my employees achieve the goals that they want. So, Mark, why you? I mean, this is a you you've been successful in real estate at when I think will historically be remembered as. The hardest, you know, I have no doubt 20, 30 years from now we'll be looking back upon this 7- to 10-year period as a depression, right? And maybe we're still pulling out of it in different parts of the country. But despite that, Mark, you've been successful in that industry. You've transitioned successfully, and now you're becoming very wealthy in this other industry. So why you? What makes you so special? I mean, you sound like a normal guy. Um, yeah, you know, I am a pretty normal guy. I came from a middle-class family. My dad was, uh, you know, in the military, and, you know, I was a Navy brat. And, um, you know, I mean, you know, part of it is why not. I think that, you know, the thinking that I have and and the drive is, is, is a big part of it, is, you know, getting up early and, and, and hitting it every day and the constant, you know, reading lots of books and, uh, and just being in tune with it and, and wanting it and having it as, as a real goals. You know, I, I think the biggest 
I think anybody can accomplish it. You know, it's just you know how dedicated are you going to be and how focused. Um, I I don't I don't think I was born with any kind of you know I'm not like a crazy athlete. I, I you know I didn't score very well on my SATs. You know I you know I don't have a lot of uh, those natural gifts. And you're not a boxer. I think a, we know that re- from recent experiences, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm not I'm not a very good boxer. I I, I know how to box. But I'm not very good at it. <laughs> uh, exactly. You know so. But I, I, but I think it's, it's you know, constantly, you're constantly challenging yourself, keeping yourself out of complacency, and you know, I've always wanted, you know, ever since I can remember, I wanted to be rich. Why? Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, wanting the, you know, you know, you know, wanting the freedom and wanting to be part of, you know. Uh, you know, being able to do, do whatever you want and, you know, travel wherever you want. And, you know, you know, I enjoy uh, my life. You know, I travel a lot. I Like you said, I, you know, I rent rent Ferraris in Monaco. I, you know, I, I go to Europe, I South America, you know, I'm going to, you know, a Mayweather fight and I've been to several, you know, tickets are, you know, you'll spend 20 grand, you know, on a weekend. And, you know, I like to do that. I like to live, I like to live a big life. I, it's exciting and it's fun and it's, and it's, it's fun to be, inspirational to others it's and and i think there's a way that i think you can live your life so that you you know i think you said to me once you know it's really uh, you know i mean how powerful is it when you can run into somebody on the street and you can give them a few sentences that can change their life and i think with coaching and i think with being in tune with what how you are to be of service to the world you can do that and i think you know that's i think that's a great power to have and guys, listen. This is Mark is uh, exceptional, of course, but he's not exceptional in that the path that you can follow, that he followed, is what coaching is all about. I mean, guys, at the end of the day, uh, the skills are portable to other industries, to you know, to your life, really, your lifestyle, the way you approach life. The the biggest thing that I heard Mark say, and he's probably forgetting, I think, in a lot of ways, or not giving himself enough credit is the mental process of going from thinking like somebody who is middle class, and there's nothing about being middle class, I was middle class, Mark was middle class, to having the mindset of somebody who can uh, feel comfortable and easily accumulates money, riches, experiences, success. That is a shift that once you've experienced it, and I pretty much can guarantee you, Mark, everybody who's listening today at some level has felt that shift happen in them because of, the honesty and the transparency that you provide for today's interview. So I want to really thank you for being uh, for being our interviewee today and being our, my co-host for the radio show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, my pleasure, Tim. And I'm you know I'm happy. To, I mean, you've given me you know you and Julie have given me you know everything really. You know, with the coaching and the mentoring, uh, you know, I, I I could there's no question I could not be where I am without that support. And you know, I, I look forward to our, our calls on a regular basis and. One of the things that gives me excitement now is being able to work with other with other students and coach them. I, I think that's you know I think that's really the next level is is being able to give that back and provide that support. And if you're not involved in some sort of coaching, whether it's Harris Real Estate University with Tim and Julie or, or it's it, I with the lack of structure that exists in the real estate industry, it is almost impossible without some sort of leadership and coaching support. You're just going to spend too much time doing the things and thinking of too many things that are going to not get you to the right position. 
especially nowadays. I mean, there are more challenges. Yes. There are more things that are distracting agents. You know, it's crazy, actually. I don't, you know, it's easier to become wealthy and make a lot of money, sell a lot of houses than it was, say, 20 years ago. But at the same time, it's harder because agents are given so many choices and there's so many distractions. I mean, you know, you check your voicemail and there's 10 calls from guys trying to sell you buyer leads. You check your email. Yeah. Same 10 calls guys have sent you emails. I mean, it's crazy right now. But, you know, Mark, listen, I really appreciate it, and I sincerely appreciate and have appreciated and will continue to appreciate the honor of being your coach. And thank you. I'm, I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly my, my, my pleasure. It's been a, it's an amazing experience, <laughs> definitely. I look forward to the next 10 years. So, everyone, uh, we'll talk with you tomorrow, and have a great day. Thank you. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.